The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus went out and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there. While the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying, listen, the went out to sow and as he sowed some seeds fell on the path and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground. When they did not have much, where they, went, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root but endures only for a while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. The cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what is grown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, and another sixty, and another thirty. And this is the gospel of our Lord. So if you've been coming to church during the summer, and many haven't, uh, and if you were here last week, you would have heard <clears throat> that continuation that we've through the summer months, particularly since Pentecost, uh, a reading of, from the book of Genesis, the first book of our uh, scriptures. And in Genesis, of course, we all know that that, that history of, of God's presence in the world creation and, and in the Abraham accepting uh, God as, as the one God and, 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 and all those kinds of things happening, you know, we, we'll hear later. Uh, and, and today we find ourselves... Uh, pretty much coming off of last week's. So last week we talked about Abraham and Isaac. Uh, today we kind of moved down the line and talk about and Jacob and their wives and how important it is for us to express, experience God's work in the world through these human beings, right? These, these men and women who were dedicated to their God in faith, to the one God, the God of Abraham, as we say, in faith. Uh, today, uh, last week, uh, the reading, the theme of the reading really was about God's action in the world and that guiding hand. We, we, you might remember how it was that the Abraham and uh, was was guided, and 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 her wife was 
was chosen and, and, and sons were born of them and, and, and how it was that, that God took care of these three generations of human beings and kind of called them forth uh, to bear uh, what it was that was being created uh, in this new community of faith. And today we hear a different kind of theme. We hear a theme that God doesn't keep human rules, right? We hear the theme that God doesn't need to worry about perhaps some of the things that we might put on pedestals and call laws and, and uh, traditions and the kinds of things that oftentimes we find ourselves locked into and even worse, defined by. Because today we experience how it was uh, at the birth uh, of Jacob and Esau, how it was that Esau was in fact the firstborn but it was Jacob, over and against the customs of the time, over and, over and against the well-established traditions of the time, it became uh, Jacob who inherited the, uh, the name, inherited the responsibility, uh, who probably inherited all the things of his father. And so we experience a God who works outside the parameters of perhaps some of the things that even we today might be locked into, even if we don't know we're locked into them. Our biases, our prejudices, and, and, and for that matter, our, our, our ways of, of doing, even in the church, doing certain things. God doesn't worry about the human experience uh, providing God with rules and regulations, patterns, traditions, kinds of things that so often, particularly as we get older, we can depend on, sometimes even be, feel stable because we have those going in our lives or in our families or in our congregations or in our church. That same kind of theme is makes itself known in the gospel today, but in a very different way. In the gospel, we experience Jesus on probably on the uh, Sea of Galilee, in the northern part of the Sea of Galilee, <clears throat> beginning his preaching. You'll, you'll continue to hear, if you come to church next Sunday and the Sunday thereafter, whatever, the parables that Jesus will be telling is one of those parables. So we experience Jesus uh, in front of a crowd of people, so crowded that he had to go out into the water uh, to be able to be seen and heard. And so he's out in the water and he tells them this parable about the word falling on certain kinds of ground, on a path or on rocks or on whatever kind of soil it happens to be. And it's a parable. And the point of parables is that they, at the same time, reveal and they hide. And so it kind of depends, kind of, it very much depends on the character of the hearer to be able to understand or not understand the parable. Just as the choice of Isaac over e of uh, Jacob over Esau depended on the character 
which was described in the first reading, right? God chose because of the character of the individual. So in the gospel we hear, the word of God comes to us, to all of us, in many different ways. The word of God, the presence, the eschatological of the kingdom of God on this earth is present to us all around us, every day, offered to each and every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter what color, no matter what orientation, no matter what country we come from, no matter our socioeconomic position in the world, no matter how much power we might have or not have. The word of God is offered to everyone in creation. The word of God is offered to each and every one of us in our own created being, in who we are, in who I am as Bob Flick, <clears throat> and who each of you are name. The word of God is made known to us in the mystery of our faith, in the faith that we share and believe, in the power of the spirit among us, that, that spirit that we know in faith to be true and real and present. And so the word of God is always being made manifest. The kingdom, the eschatological presence of God in God's self through Jesus and in the power of the Spirit, is always being made known to us. And yet the parable says that word falls upon different kinds of... And it equates the soil to the human heart, the being that we are, each of us, in relationship to that word. I remember when I was a little Catholic boy, you know, we, uh, we grew up and we, this parable was interpreted well, you know, it was like, let me see, uh, so I don't miss them. You know, the path, the seed fell on the path and the path was the atheist. And the seed fell upon good ground and that might have been the Baptist, who knows? <laughs> Maybe it was the Muslims, you know. Uh, and the seed fell among thorns and been the Episcopalians. But we knew that the good soil was the Catholics, right? That was us. Now, as an Episcopal priest, I might, you know, kind of rearrange some of that. But the truth is that has nothing to do with the meaning of this scripture. The seed falls upon each of us. The seed falls into each of our hearts. The presence of God is made manifest all day, in all time. God never stops revealing God's self to each and every one of us. All we need to be present to the presence. That sounds pretty easy. But it isn't. And we all know that. We all know that, that, that some days are, that all of our days are different from each other. The other thing we know is that oftentimes we look certain places to find that holiness or that sort of what we might sense as an apparent acceptance of that word. You might look to the priest, or God knows I, the nuns who left them, you know. 
have a grandmother. We might have that somehow we feel enfleshes that presence of God, that holiness, that connection. And what the readings today are calling us into is to see it in each of us, no matter where, no matter who, the person in the pew, the person down the street you don't like, the gay folks down the street that perhaps you carry some whatever toward, the people at the border, you know, who you might have some whatever toward, people of different religions, the people in the jails that might be being punished by our laws. Whoever it might be, we might have a sense that maybe those are not the folks that we would look to first to experience that presence of God in our world. Last Thursday, uh, there's a group of us who gather on Thursdays uh, at Trinity Midtown at 5.30 to do evening prayer with um, the folks who find themselves without homes in the neighborhood down there. And usually there's 40 or so, sometimes 50 people. At 5.30 we pray evening prayer, right one no less, um, with these folks. And afterwards, they, uh, some of them, uh, you know, take a sandwich and something to, to, something to eat and something to drink. And, and there's always a line outside that doesn't come to pray, just in case you think we're cutting them off, you know. So, uh, you know, they get fed too. But the church has this group, and when I was the uh, vicar at Lord of the Streets, we'd have a, up to 250 people on a Sunday morning for church, for Eucharist at 7 o'clock. And it struck me Thursday, I was sitting in the second pew, and there was a woman in the first pew, younger woman, probably maybe late 20s, early 30s, and she had on, a, a, what do you call it, just a thin shirt and, and, uh, and, and tattoos and, and couple bags with her and she was sitting in the pew and I was struck sitting behind her I should have been paying more attention but you know the beat goes on and I was struck uh, sitting behind her at her attention uh, to the to the words of the scripture and when when they were read from the pulpit right she sat right in front of the pulpit like right there and and she was glued to listening to those words. And, and I noticed her make the sign of the cross once or twice. And, um, and when the time for the Our Father came, she actually put out her arm uh, like this. And I, I was struck by her connection to what was happening there, to that presence that was in that church for sure. So afterwards, I asked her, you know, I asked her about, you know, are you, are you living on the streets? Yeah, you know, how long have you been on the streets? Whatever, and what's your name? And all those kinds of things. And, and, um, and, she, and I asked her about her faith history. And she was saying that, you know, up in a, a broken home, she didn't have really any religious bring, bringings up or whatever. And, and, but her grandmother was uh, Catholic, and that's, I think, where she got the sign of the cross business. And, um, but it struck me, and as I heard her talk, 
how, about how important that presence of God is, how much connected she is to that presence of God in the world around her. And how coming to church on that Thursday, uh, every evening they have it, but uh, coming to church for evening prayer was a place for her to cool, but also to focus that connection. Well, honestly, you know, we don't often go looking for those kinds of experiences. Neither did I. But I remember myriad experiences like that in dealing with individuals who lived in those kinds of circumstances. The, the parable that itself today and identifies who, what is the evil in the world. The evil is really connection to power and authority and money. Those are the distractions in the, of the seeds that fall on whatever they fall on, thorns. The reading today applies to each, readings apply to each of us in a couple ways. First of all, our need to be alert to ourselves, to how it is that we look for, seek after, desire or not, to find that presence of God in the world all around us. Because it would be very easy, and it is for me oftentimes, to walk through the day without, like this young woman, punctuating my day with some time of quiet and peace and presence, or some time of active seeking after whether it's in the garden, in the backyard, in the heat, whether it's in my own cancer diagnosis right now, as an example, or what, no matter where we find it, that somehow God is in the human experience and one with the human experience. And we are called by the throwing of the seed to have a response to that. And the other lesson from today that I believe is important is that we are called to look for that in places where we generally would not go. I mean, for example, uh, uh, as an example, as a Franciscan, you know, well, I went to the seminary at 14 uh, years old. Um, I'm not saying anybody else should ever do that, but I did. Uh, I remember one of the things we used to talk about is praying the newspaper. As one of your, you know, your book of common prayer and walk through the Psalms, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. It's another thing to get out the newspaper or get online and begin to see where is it in this experience that the seed in all of this that is full of God's presence, whether it's in plenty or in misery, the cross of Jesus. Where is God in this for me today? What are the barriers in me 
that get in the way of my faith to the presence of God, for example, in what it is that might shake me up a little bit or ruffle my feathers or, for that matter, make me angry or alienate me from other people because of the way they are and I'm not. Where is God in that? Where is the presence of God? Where is the eschatological mystery of God's love and life in all of that? That's why we're here. We celebrate our name, Christian, which, by the way, is watered down and diffused these days. We celebrate more especially our practice, saying yes to following Jesus, as the parable calls us to today. And that's why we come here, because we know in faith that our God continues to love us into new life. And the mystery of God's Son, Jesus, and his body and blood are present among us to connect us, to feed us for the journey, and to challenge us into deeper and rich experience of that life. And we are challenged as we leave this church today to commit ourselves to working, to finding that life wherever it might appear to us in the day in which we find ourselves, in the day in which we live, in the moment in which we find ourselves. We call ourselves Christians, but the real call is to follow and do as Jesus did. Amen.